Welcome to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson. We are almost to the end of our Luke series and just finishing up a few things, tying up some loose ends here. Yep. And um, we're excited to get into that today. Mm-hmm. Before we get started, I just want to thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you for yes. sharing our podcast with other people and for just studying along and being in the Word with us. Right. Um, if you're interested in uh, other things that we do in our ministry, mm-hmm. check out eatscripture.com. Shoot us an email if you have questions about current groups and mm-hmm. um, classes. Yes. And we'd be glad to send you whatever you need. Basic information, yeah. <laughs> whatever there might be going on, different and, things. Um, so I think I think we can go ahead and get started. I think that'd think? be terrific. Let's do that. We are in chapter 24 of Luke and in verse 28 and following. We uh, kind of came, you know, we'll, we could go on for hours about verse 27, yeah. but we'll go ahead and move into verse 28 now. Uh, last time we had a great time talking about what maybe some of the things Jesus might have been saying to them on the road were, but certainly um, whether or not it was those exact things, those are the kinds of things. I think without question he was showing them and so now as we go on to 28 uh, we get we also are going to hear some more about their encounter together we're not done with the encounter of these two men on the road with Jesus so we'll continue talking about that and then get into a much larger encounter with him and a whole lot of other Mm -hmm. disciples so first we will read verse 28 through 35 I think okay So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road? while he opened to us the scriptures. And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is a continuation, like we already said, of their time on the road together. So it's not over yet. And they're drawing near to the village to which they were going, which we know is Emmaus. That's they were on the road to Emmaus. So that's where they were headed. And he acted as if he was going to go further. Now, that is kind of an interesting little statement there because that's the same kind of thing that we hear in Mark when he's going to go ahead of them to Galilee and he wants them to oh. meet him there yeah. it sounds similar to that mm-hmm. and so but then it says that they urged him strongly saying stay with us for it's toward evening days now far spent and so he went in to stay with them um, there are allusions to that I think in the gospel itself at different points but a couple of a couple of different points um, and I won't, you know, we don't have to elaborate on those, but just know that this is something that Jesus does because I think when he comes to the disciples after the fact, they are not in the headspace that 
that, that he might have wanted them to be in or, right. or um, encouraged them to be in and yet recognizes that they need his presence right now and um, that they don't they're need in to, shock yeah and they have shock. they are not understanding what's happening yet yeah and so being graceful and loving and just always meeting us where he is the kind of man that he is person God that he is he stops comes right in makes himself at home with them Mm -hmm. they're inviting him into this house where they are please come stay with us Mm -hmm. this is what jesus does when you invite him in he comes he comes he does i do like that i I was thinking about that if we ask him to come in and stay with us he does he wants to yes he will he will do that yeah so um i just think it's interesting the way it says that he acted as if he were going farther i don't know what that did he already know he wasn't going to go further? Uh, and yeah, yeah. well, we could question that all day long. Um, Do you but, think that this is a um, foreshadowing of the coming of the Spirit to live with them, to stay with them? Oh, possibly, very possibly. Who knows? But yeah, I think that's well within their own possibility that there's a little foreshadowing here. The mm-hmm. fact that Jesus will come and dwell with us and mm-hmm. eat with us, stay with us. Yeah, yeah, I think that could well be a foreshadowing. So whenever they encourage him, he does. Then in verse 30, when he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Which is almost the same words from the Last Supper in chapter 22. 22, 19. Yes. I'm going to go back and see if I can find that real quick. And he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them. That so it's almost the exact same words. Yeah. So I think we're supposed to hear that echo. Oh, I think yes. No question. That's what that's what they should be. What we should be hearing. All the readers should be hearing when we're reading this. Oh, this sounds like a Lord's Supper event. This mm-hmm. sounds like what happened whenever Jesus broke his, the bread, gave it to him, and told him it was his body. Um, that should be going on in our minds for sure. Because it's at that moment, verse 31, and their eyes were opened. Yes. And they recognized him. And we'd head back in 16, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Right. So So it isn't until now. They've been on the road all this time. They've been listening to him, talking to him, invited him in, wanted to talk some more. But it isn't until this moment at the breaking of the bread. Right. And the distributing to them. That they have their eyes open. Oh, they see Jesus. They see and know that's who we're with right now. Now, there's something major in here, I think, without question. We'll get another allusion to that as we get down to verse 35. But there's a major allusion in here to the fact that the Lord's Supper is where people can meet with Jesus. Right. Where we recognize Him. He's Mm -hmm. made known to us. Yes, in the breaking of the bread. Something. He distributes it to us. Something mystical and wonderful and mysterious. Uh, you know, it's one thing. You can look at it all day long and just call it a symbol and just mm-hmm. say, that's nice. We do it so that we remember. But the way Christians throughout Christian history have approached the Lord's Supper with a very solemn, meaningful attitude, with a, with, with a reverence that speaks to the idea that we believe there's something supremely important about this thing we're doing that it's more than physical that we're doing even you know we can talk about it again like we can say it's just for symbolic reasons to remember but 
that's not there seems how to be something else that happens there and what it. that is yeah we can't explain that's right it's but it is where we come to his presence that's and we right. recognize him and we yes maybe our eyes are open mm-hmm. absolutely uh, that's what we pray happens mm-hmm. and yes i i know that all sounds a little mystical i read a quote the other day that said not all mystics are christians but all, all christians, christians are mystics yeah there's something mysterious yes. about this relationship we have with God, yes. the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and what is happening here. And I completely agree. And if we go forward to, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and watch how Paul talks about the, the Lord's Supper there and the way that they're partaking of it together, they're partaking of it in a bad manner. And some of them are actually being cursed by God and dying. Yeah. They're, they're getting sick serious. and they're dying. Right. And it's because judgment's being brought on them for their bad practice of the Lord's Supper. Now, if it's all just, yeah, it's just all just simple, it doesn't really mean that much except in our heads, then why in the world mm-hmm. are there people dying over doing it wrongly? Um, and so either you have to write Paul off there as crazy talk. He's just, you know, he's not really understanding that's not how mm-hmm. things work if he only understood the human body a little more that they probably had some kind of infectious disease among them that was you know whatever um but really the way he's talking there he's convinced without question that this is a, a ultimately man. important spiritual practice right. that they're involved in and god won't allow it to just be maligned forever that's not how he's going to let it work and so he's bringing judgment on them for it now there's mystical if you want to talk right. about mystical right there right but uh, i think it's there. pretty amazing that we're that it's still something that has gone through all the ages and we're still practicing around the world with christians every sunday oh yeah and yeah. Yeah, this really brings the body together mm-hmm. for sure. It's a really amazing thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we could probably, there's a lot more we can learn about that and a lot we won't understand. Right, which it's is just, perfectly fine. Yeah, exactly. And when they do recognize him, then immediately he vanishes from their side. Right. Verse 31. I think that sounds so frustrating. <laughs> right, <laughs> wouldn't it? Uh, I agree. I often read it and think that's frustration. Now you just now get it that it's him. Now you'd love to talk about yeah, him coming questions. back from the dead and he's gone immediately. Um, and maybe a vanishing because now they can live by faith. Right. Knowing that they've seen him, met him after his resurrection, he really is alive. Mm-hmm. Now they don't need to see him constantly because they have seen him being right. raised. And, and now, now they, they have to decide to whether they really believe or not. Yeah, yeah. And what it means to live a life of faith without having to have him right physically, visibly at your side all the time. Um, and so I think there might be something to that too. Then we get to verse 32. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road? while he opened to us the scriptures. Another phrase that gets, you know, talked about quite a bit, I guess, or used has been used a lot, you know, when our hearts burn. When we talk about mm-hmm. this passage, we talk about heart, how their hearts burn and how our hearts should burn whenever we uh, right. are in the presence of Jesus in the word. And and uh, I think that's, 
I think that's a very real thing. I think there are, is something, again, we're going into the mystical realm here, but I think there's something to the fact that when we come into contact with Jesus and he's interpreting his word to us, that there's a, a sense in which our hearts mm-hmm. burn mm-hmm. for him. Now, the interesting thing, of course, is that they're on the road <laughs> to Emmaus. Yes. And as you read, Emmaus means what? Hot. Or- Hot, 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 <laughs> hot, hot, hotness is, is one of the good, one of the, uh, one of my more uh, name translators that I lean on uh, more just uses hotnesses uh, and, and says possibly that's not a, a word we use. Right, exactly. Possibly a reference he says to hot springs or something like that that could have been in the area. We don't know why Emmaus is named Emmaus, but it's named hotness or hot hots or hotnesses or something like that. And so here they are on the road to Emmaus and their hearts are burning as they describe it within them. So we all should be on the road to Emmaus. It's true. It's just interesting because this is the only time we have reference to Emmaus. Yeah. And we don't really know that much about it. And why were they going there? They Mm -hmm. seem to go and then turn around and go right back. Oh, they turn around and go right back. And so they just had to go here for this thing to happen. Right. And that they would use the word that that is connected that to the very place. Their hearts are burning, traveling. and that yeah, it's connected to that is interesting. Yeah, yeah so. I think it's really really cool actually, and not at all out of line for Bible stories to be right. connected to place names right. in this way, not at all. Um, so, if you're hearing that for the first time, it may seem kind of crazy, but it happens all the time in yeah, scripture. It's amazing how God has divinely orchestrated things to be happening at places where you might expect oh well surprise surprise it's yeah for it to happen there that makes sense um and they rose that verse 33 and they rose that same hour and returned to jerusalem and found the 11 and those who were with them gathered together so they find the apostles and others who are there and they're all talking already and they're saying verse 34 the lord has risen indeed and has appeared to simon they're all surprised they've got confirmation of the fact that the lord did rise from the dead which they had heard from the ladies already but didn't know if they could really take that how seriously they were supposed to take that well now he's appeared to simon he's truly risen everybody's buying into it which we have no information we don't know where he appeared to simon where in the world did that happen? How we aren't he... even sure that Simon Peter, but we're assuming. And which I would say is a great assumption. Yeah. I would say that's probably uh, the case, but yes, we don't know and, that But we do sure. know that Simon ran to the tomb after the ladies had told them. Yes. Looked in, and then he went home yes. marveling. So maybe the Lord appeared to him there and encouraged him. Right. Like you were referring back to another passage we read in Luke about um, Jesus telling Peter that he would encourage him so he could go encourage his brothers. That's right. That's right. So we knew that he was going to, Jesus already told him he's going to appear to him, encourage him, and then he's to turn around and go encourage him, which apparently is what he's doing. Yeah, it seems like that's what is being played out right now in front of us. So the confirmation of that. And we also get in 1 Corinthians 15, three and four we have uh well five is specifically where it says that jesus appeared to cephas and then to the 12. so cephas is another word for peter cephas is just peter slash simon (laughs) um and so that's who 
that's who we're talking about whenever we're seeing it here also more than likely this is that same one who Jesus appeared to we just don't know what that exact meeting was about it would be great to have notes on that I would love to hear what you know now we do have we do have of course in John Jesus speaking very specifically to Peter in John chapter yeah, 21 that's true. after he comes back we have that yeah, and that is an encouraging message too yeah. yes so is that what we're trying is this John's you know John is giving it to us he just you know this is a form he's letting us see it in or is it is it a separate event and because because it seems like this is where he was alone Mm-hmm. This is when he was alone. Yeah. It's what it sounds like Jesus is saying. And so it does. It seems like it would be different. Because they're all, I think they see these two disciples come into the wherever they are. And they're all excited because they've had this confirmation. Simon has told them he's seen Jesus. Yeah. And then they say, hey. And they tell their story. Yes. About what happened on the road. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, he, then this line how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. That line right there. Which is amazing. Yeah. So So another reference, like we had said a while ago to, I think, Lord's Supper and Mm -hmm. how there's a subtle implication that he should be, he's making himself known to us all in that way. That's what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. He wants to, those who didn't have this experience, who didn't get to have this experience with him right after his resurrection can know him, can be, find him, be, have him, be made known to them in the breaking of the bread in the Lord's Supper. That's what's being said here, which is beautiful when you think about what Jesus has done to, yes. to draw us all into that. It gives experience. special significance to what we will um, participate in yes. this week. Oh, yeah. With our Absolutely. brothers and sisters. With our own brothers and sisters, we will have happen. this experience again and we will have a chance to be in his presence. And, and, wow, that's beautiful. So now, now that we're to the end of that piece, we should go on to the next one, which 36, uh, I think we'll go ahead and read from 36 to 49. I don't know that we will be able to cover that at all, uh, but let's read through that entire piece um, and then we'll see how far we get. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet that it is I myself? Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And when they were still displeased, When they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Hmm. 
Yeah, let's go back to the beginning of this passage and start walking through it a little bit. Verse 36, as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them. Yeah, so here he is appearing again out of nowhere. Yep. He's this whole chapter. Yeah. It's just been like there and then not there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Jesus seems to be making a lot of stops today. Uh, (laughs) And so he is really seeing a lot of people. And we know, you know, and here they are sharing their experiences about seeing him in verse 35. And then all of a sudden, verse 36, now they're all going to get to see him again. He's right here. Now it says he stands among them like he just appears there. Kind of like he disappeared when we just saw when they recognized him, you know. And uh, on the road, actually, that was the same way. They were talking about all the things that had happened. And it says Jesus himself drew near and went with them. It was just like he was Just like all of a sudden he's there. He's not there and he's there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just Which is probably very strategic of the text because this is how he comes to us. Right. Um, Because he's always walking with us and hearing our conversations. Right. But sometimes, but sometimes we actually we just are like, oh, no, you are, there. yeah. Or in the case of like NMAS Road experiences, you may not even recognize it's him, but it's him, right? And you don't know until later on. Oh, Jesus was speaking to me through that. I didn't know. That. I really love that because it just—it's easy to forget that he's always right mm-hmm. there. Yes. And speaking peace to us, I mm-hmm. might say, because he comes yes. and that's the first thing he says, peace to you. Which is the first thing he says if we go to John, whenever he meets right. him in the locked room uh, that we see at the end of John. In John chapter 20, verse 19, I think, uh, is where he tells them, where it says that he came to them. And first thing he says is, peace be to you. Well, that's they're all in frustration. They're all like in angst in John not knowing what's going to happen here they're having this talk now they're all excited for the minute um, and they're but, and they're still, talk, but they've been beside themselves with you know right. dismay over everything for three days now so it's a very similar really a very similar moment um, and Jesus starts with peace to you mm-hmm. but they were startled and frightened and thought he was a spirit or a ghost verse 37 I find this really, really interesting too, because your first reaction is, "Wait a second, this is a, this isn't the reality we're used to." Right. Maybe it's a ghost, some kind of spirit. Maybe it's a hallucination. I don't know what it is. It's very easy to try and explain such a meeting away, even for those who are experiencing it. It's oh easy yeah. To try and explain it away. I mean, haven't you ever had Jesus appear to you in some way? Mm-hmm. And then think on and it, then you know, well, try to explain it away as something else later yeah, because it seems that so odd. Yeah, and that was just weird. I mean, I'm not saying he appears in bodily form, but All just the time. But, and things yet, that happen that you know in the moment are right. from him, but later you may doubt because yeah, in the moment you have no problem. You're like, oh wow, it's Jesus, and he's talking to me, or he's meeting mm-hmm. me, or whatever. But yes, later on, it's very easy to look back and start questioning what you saw, what you experienced. Was that real? Even here in the moment, they're having some doubts because, oh my goodness, the man's dead. Mm-hmm. Who comes back able to touch you and shake your hand? I mean, this has got to be where at the most we're seeing like a ghost, yeah. some kind of spirit, something. I mean, uh, even though he, he has opened their eyes to the scriptures, at least those two, 
maybe not everybody at this point, but and and about why it has to happen this way, still I think they're still having trouble yeah. comprehending how that happens. Yeah. I agree. And so when we go to verse 38, he said to them, why are you troubled and why do you doubt or why do doubts arise in your hearts? Doubts arise in your hearts. Don't be surprised at the doubts. Of course, those are going to happen. But Jesus does say, why are you letting that happen? Hey, I, you know, and there is something to this. I told you how this was going to work now. Come on, follow me on down this road. I'm right here. And I said I would be right here. So don't be surprised that. I'm keeping my promises. Right. I, I've come back from the dead. And but so we have this. And mercy that he shows here to say, mm-hmm. look at me. I have, you know, I He's am the one who was hands crucified. Yep. It's me. It's actually me. You can touch me. Yep. He says, touch me. See. The spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. So he's inviting them forward to to confirm that they are actually in contact with a human being and not just any human being but the one who died three days ago on a cross look at these scars you know you can actually touch them you can feel you can tell that i'm the one that uh, that you believed in and i'm wondering if he looked different he must have looked different yeah because maybe similar but not quite that you know Mm -hmm. because they just can't quite believe it Mm -hmm. yeah I think Luke is condensing what happened over a mm-hmm. longer period of time oh, yeah. here for us. Um, if we go to John, we see there are several days in between when Jesus first came to him, and then they tell Thomas, and then Thomas says, I wouldn't believe it unless I actually got to touch those scars right. myself. And and so Jesus then appears again, says, here, Thomas, come touch, put your hand here and right. here. Um, and so that actually sounds well, a whole lot wasn't, like this Thomas obviously wasn't the only one who had to. I would say definitely not. Definitely Tom, you know, easy to be to the representative. Thomas is the representative, so he gets a bad rap. Uh, but boy, everybody is in the same boat uh, not everybody lots of people are going to be in that same boat mm-hmm. with Thomas where they're just having a real problem um, believing that this, something like this could actually be true but Jesus invites them forward like you said to put their hands uh, touch use their hands touch his feet touch his hands um, and then he says a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones as you see that I have this is a bodily resurrection right. we might be tempted to think this is just a like a of a ghost like yes. figure yes but jesus definitely doesn't want he's that he's telling us it's not even yeah. actually yeah 100 wants them to understand there's bodily resurrection this paul has a big big argument for this uh when he gets over into first corinthians 15 because there are a lot of people in Corinth from that Greek culture who just think bodily resurrection sounds stupid. That sounds like stupid. Only stupid people would believe that. So you have even many of the Christians in the church who are who can't buy into the bodily resurrection. They love Jesus and they're worshiping Jesus, but they think that bodily resurrection thing is weird. Yeah. And Paul makes a strong case for no, it has to be a bodily resurrection, and, and really goes into that there. Now, I, and throughout history, that has been throughout Christian history. That's been one of the heresies that's had to be put down from time to time that it's, we're talking about spiritual resurrection, spiritual resurrection, spiritual resurrection. And, but um, the New Testament is very clear with us that when we are raised up, there will, it will be a physical bodily thing taking place. 
I think that's a good thing for us to remember. I mean, there's a material, there's a material existence that we're going to have after this. And, and it is, you know, I think in our minds, we like to go to the spiritual existence right. that we're going to have after this. But this is very clear. There's a material existence that awaits us after this for whatever that means. I can't explain all that to you. John himself talks about it in First John, how the, but we will have bodies and we'll be like him and we'll know him as he is because right. we'll, we'll Which, see him as he is. It um, uh, has more weight and comfort in it when I hear that John talked about it because he actually did see Jesus Mm -hmm. and that is that's why he could say this is how it's going to be Mm -hmm. because he had seen Jesus resurrected Mm -hmm. yeah and yeah so I think that's helpful he was a witness he's not just saying it because this is what he's got in his head somehow he's saying (laughs) it because he actually saw Jesus was resurrected that way and so we will be too yes yep and then he goes to eat something yeah he's like do you got it have anything to eat and he eats in front of them which is directly connected to this passage so it appears to be he's eating in front of them to give them even more verification of the fact that see i'm a person just like you i have a body like you so we'll get to eat with our new body exactly (laughs) it eats and it consumes you know and uh that's really an amazing thing. So I think buying into that, as hard as that may be for us, and then, you know, people would have all sorts of questions. What about if somebody's cremated? What about if somebody's beheaded? What happens if somebody got burned at the stake? You know, right. what, what will their body be like? Well, their body will be the exact body it needs to be that Jesus resurrects them in. Um, I mean, we, I, we can ask all body. sorts of questions right. about it that aren't answered for us. But the fact that there's bodily resurrection, no question. Oh, no I don't question. know. It <laughs> if somebody turns to ash, yep, too bad for those people who burn in terrible fires. Um, even if they're Christians, they'll never get a body back. I mean, that's a ridiculous thing to say. Of God. So God, God's over that whole process. He knows our bodies. We made them the first time. Yep. Rebuild, reanimate, yeah. all of that. It's perfect for him. Well, let's um, drop it right here. This is a good place to end, right? Kind of right at the end of 43. We'll close out Luke next time. And then we're going to Psalms after that, which I think is going to be a blast. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. Look forward to talking to you all soon. Yeah. So glad that you joined us today and that you're with us for the end of Luke. Um, and we will look forward to being able to just open some pages again, some passages again when we talk to you in just a few days. God bless everyone.